Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 41. We're going to call it Tales of the Crypt. Well, yeah, well, that's because cryptocurrency is in the headlines once again, or the downlines, depending on where you're looking. But first, I want to start off with uh, a concept, not a concept, an observation on my part. Uh, and, and I'm sure you've all agreed with this at some level, that the Fed is printing money faster than a goose on X-Lax can, uh, I guess, void itself. They just keep printing and printing and going away. Those little digital presses, which produce zeros and ones, are just spinning crazily. I just wonder what impact it has in our energy usage going forward, but that's not a good thing. It is a good thing for you individually if you receive a $1,400 stimulus check or if you're a small business or a large business that gets a huge check from the government. But all that is is a sop, a piece of candy to buy some time until the value of that so-called invisible currency uh, diminishes to the point where it has little or no value. So I guess I would advise if you're a recipient of one of those, quote, government checks or money transfers, you spend it as quickly as you can on something with enduring value because the value of that money lying in your account is going to shrink dramatically as time goes on. You might say the inflationary fires are being stoked by the gasoline from the Fed, and it's uh, it's not going to be pretty as time goes on. And that brings me to another point. Pipeline security. We had this great pipeline that went down in the eastern, northeastern part of the United States, actually affected many states. I think 17 states total experienced a shortage of gasoline because of that one pipeline failure. It's my understanding that Colonial paid the $5 million ransom, uh, which to me is, uh, well, it's bad. But on the other hand, they got the, the pipeline back up into production in a relatively short period of time. But it makes me question our overall government involvement with watching every move we make, with cameras everywhere, with high-security technology everywhere, with corporate entities being involved in in providing data to the U.S. government to basically track our every move. I'm going to ask this, and please excuse the language, but just how in the hell can that happen? That's because we have right now in our nation, in our culture, uh, in our society, we have distorted and totally misplaced our priorities. And I tremble going forward, that 
a lot of effort is going to be placed on rooting out, quote, domestic terrorism, which is anybody who opposes government insanity or corporate uh, heavy-handedness is going to be designated as a domestic terrorist and treated accordingly. So whatever. It's, uh, it's scary times ahead. Anyway. So let's talk a, a, a bit about that inflationary cycle. I got an article from Bill Bonner, uh, which was published on the 8th, so over a week ago. But nevertheless, he has a list in there of some commodity, commodities that he picked out uh, just to identify, uh, to give you a sense of where we are on the inflationary cycle. And so over the past year, from May of 2020 to May of 2021, lumber is up 265%. West Texas intermediate crude oil is up 210%. Gasoline up 182%. Brent crude shows 163% increase. Heating oil is up 107%. Corn has gone up 84%, copper 83%, soybeans 72%, silver 65%, sugar 59%, cotton 54%, natural gas 43%, platinum 52%, palladium 32%, and wheat 19%. Now, some of those commodities you don't see firsthand, but they are integrated into products that you buy and services that you require. And so they're going to have an impact all the way up and down the purchasing chain. And some of those are basic food products or at least have a a strong element of presence in the food system. So that's going to affect. Uh, the cost of your food, and certainly we all know about the fuel issues. And I would say right now, I think words, pronouncements, and actions from the current Biden administration certainly don't do anything to alleviate or um, offset the expectations for higher fuel costs going forward. And I might say as far as the eye can see. Okay, some other articles I'd, I've read this week that I'd like to uh, share with you. One was from the UK Spectator. Uh, the, the British Spectator is a pretty thorough and pretty solid uh, reporting mech platform. And they talked about inflation and how the printing of money is going to impact us, as you know, anything on the market, in the real, true, free market. When you have an excess of something, the value goes down. And when you have a shortage of something, the value increases. So if you keep printing money, and again, it's not real, it's just zeros and ones being spit out by computers somewhere, but they indicate, they designate it, they identify it, they call it money, and they dip it and drop it into the whole economic structure 
And so when you have excess dollars floating around, their value decreases. So that means if it takes $1 to buy item A, the value of that dollar goes down, but item A is still worth a dollar. So if the value of that dollar goes down 20%, that means the dollar is worth 80 cents. And if you want to buy item A, you've got to now pay a buck and a quarter for that $1 item because the value of the money is lower. I'm sure most of you know that. This is rather rudimentary. I probably insulted you by even mentioning it. So I could apologize, but I won't anyway, because there are some people who maybe don't quite have a picture of of how things are going out there, and I'll try to make it whole for you. Another article I read from the 14th by Laura Saunders in the Wall Street Journal, and she basically uh, wrote that the IRS is coming for crypto investors who haven't paid their taxes. Now, let me say mea culpa or personal revelation here that one of my few investing regrets is that I didn't buy Bitcoin when it was cheap, like a grand, like a thousand bucks. And then I regret that I not only didn't buy it then, that I could have sold it at, say, 50,000 bucks. And I could have made a lot of that fake inflated dollars doing that. But I must admit, being the cautious uh, person that I am, who doesn't have hardly any faith left in our government at all, I would say infinitesimal, I have so little faith in our government and our government agencies right now that it can't be seen with a telescope, a microscope, uh, or anything, that I feared all along that would be either the governments would co-opt cryptocurrency, in other words, do their own and basically make everything else uh, unnecessary and, and, and impossible to deal with, or they would at some point go in and discover uh, who owns it, who's where, and go after the so-called profits people made on cryptocurrencies, because I, I admit, and you probably know as well, that a lot of people uh, bought cryptocurrency not as a means of hiding their income or sheltering things or trying to get out from under the government umbrella. They bought it simply as an investment, as a way to make money with the growing uh, success and the growing use of cryptocurrencies. So now the government's waiting in full bore, demanding that some of the platforms and trading uh, companies uh, give them the names of the people and their account numbers and their actual actual numbers of trading and value. So here we go, government going after the crypto investors. Uh, another article I read that I find exciting, positive, and scary as hell. And that was an article about gene therapy 
being used uh, to correct some diseases in infants. Uh, Healthcare's new frontier is called Gene Therapy Cures Babies by Matt McCall in Investor Place. So you may want to check it out. But basically, they used gene therapy with 10 babies that had what they call the bubble boy syndrome or the bubble boy disease. And some of you may remember time back and John Travolta in that movie. Uh, basically, the babies are born without immune systems. And so the gene therapists went in, altered their genetic DNA, and used an HIV-type uh, insertion into the gene stream to help them fight off, create an immune system, and develop. So far, so good. The 10 babies don't appear to have any side effects yet. Time will tell as in anything of a new and exotic nature, we got to wait for the long-term reports, which is probably where a lot of skeptics are in the COVID vaccine right now, because we don't have the longitudinal studies of people who have used the various formations of those vaccines, and we really don't know, or at least are somewhat cynical and skeptical about the long-term side effects and how they might impact us going forward. In fact, some of those effects may not be seen until one or two generations later. We'll see how it affects the whole system and the transmission of those effects onto future generations. The bad news about this gene technology is that I'm fearful that we have a surfeit of ethics and morality across all fields in the nation and in the globe right now, that people are going to go in and mess around with that stuff just because they can. And if the Wuhan virus did actually escape from that lab, then we can imagine all sorts of phenomenal and terrible scenarios of gene therapy affecting us outside of the lab. So I'm going to hold my breath on that one and see what the future holds. Well, I hope this wasn't too dismal. There is hope within all this mess. So I encourage you to live free and be free and stay free. And that's Living Liberty for today. I'm Charlie Earle.